Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Sophia Ann Caruso is currently starring in the Netflix original film, The School for Good and Evil. I spoke to her and Tony-nominated co-star Alex Brightman in 2018, when Beetlejuice the Musical made its pre-Broadway premiere at National Theater in Washington, D.C. Hello, I'm Alex Brightman, and I play Beetlejuice. Hi, I'm Sophia Ann Caruso, and I play Lydia in, of course, the world premiere here of Beetlejuice at National Theater, which I'm really excited about. Um, uh, thanks so much for taking the time for joining us, guys. Our pleasure. Um, now, of course, we, we got to start. I mean, we all we all grew up with the movie, Tim mm-hmm. Burton. It, how much of that do you even... Do you, obviously, it's, it's cycling in your head, Michael Keaton, but how, do you, how, how much do you try to play up those elements? How much do you just divorce it entirely and make it entirely your own? It is about 95% divorce. <laughs> um, it's in the best way. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton's Michael Keaton. I am me. Uh, musical. Some, yeah, I mean, it's a musical, right? It's a very different story that we're telling. Uh, same characters, uh, different intentions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, again, I, it's like I don't. I did this with Jack Black in, in School of Rock, and it, it, there's no way for me to do a good impression of him. So why try? So same thing here, and I only with this one especially, given such carte blanche to be a cartoon character, that there is. There isn't a, a, a way to go too far with this one, so we keep finding stuff, and we're going to continue to keep finding stuff with this. But yeah, it's it's a completely different thing that we're doing here, which I think is important to note. And it's going to be, and um, I'll, I'll get to Lydia here at the very next question, but while we're on Beetlejuice, yeah. um, it's got to be such a freaking fun role to play. I mean, he's he's this bizarre, but he's got these dark elements, I mean, beyond yeah. the grave, but at the same time, you got to keep him super likable because he's sarcastic and fun. Yeah. So um, h- how do you sort of tone that line? How much fun is it to be? Because basically his inhibitions are gone. Human, mankind, <laughs> hang, mankind hangs all this weight and pomp and circumstance on death. But you're just like, meh, I don't yeah. care. It's, it's, it's ridiculously fun because we, especially now, we've, we, as a culture, we, with Breaking Bad and things like that, we like love to root for a bad guy. The and anti-hero so thing. The anti-hero thing is still huge. And who yeah. would have thought? Um... But it is, it's like a, every dream I could have to do this stuff wrapped up into one because yeah. there isn't, again, there like isn't a too far because he's a demon. Right. And so like if it was a human saying some of the things I'm saying in this show, we would have to take a pause with that because it is not okay. But he is millennia old, so he has no boundaries. There never were any. So he doesn't know when he's crossing the line. And so as a, as a person who tends to cross a line comedically in his own life, as Sophia can testify to, <laughs> it is fun to get the permission to do it. And, you know, you know, if there are consequences, we'll deal with them later. But for now, he's a millennia-old demon <laughs> who 
says what's on his mind. The other kind of millennial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take exactly. that one. They don't have avocado toast beyond the grave. That's right. Uh, all right, Lydia, thank you so much for, for you know, the patience of putting mm-hmm. up with a couple beetle juice questions. But, um, you're, I mean, you're carry, I, I, we, talked to, we were talking to the writers, and they said that... Um, one of the main things I wanted to do was take uh, a role that was smaller in the movie, and I think it, it focused more on a lot on the parents, right? And they just were like, no, we're going straight to her, and we're going to stretch that out yeah. as the main arc. But um, so, so you pretty much have fertile ground to kind of make it your own in a way. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely making it my own. I mean, what I'm doing, what Alex is doing, what this whole thing is, has not done, been done before. Yeah. Beetlejuice has been done before, but Beetlejuice the musical yeah. has not been done. This is a musical. It's it's built for stage. It's meant for stage. It's wild. It's crazy. And I'm incredibly scared that when I am eventually done with this, I will be so bored with whatever <laughs> comes next because it's follow? so intense and crazy and 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 big and it's loud and it's it's entertaining even to me and I'm very easily bored, <laughs> very easily. And so yeah. She's so like, yeah. I nodded off twice already I, in this interview. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I definitely am putting my own spin on it. It's yeah. definitely very, very my own. And, and the writers have done a really good job of, you know, Lydia wasn't, in, the, in my opinion, in the movie, wasn't like a very, like, developed character. She was kind of like a, just like an iconic, like, look and like a, like a character. But she wasn't, you know, there's a real big emotional arc and, like, story for her. And, um... Even that just makes it so much different than the movie. So I'm already starting with something that's completely different. And then just me as an actor, I'm not Winona Ryder. I'm Sophia, and this is my interpretation of the role. So obviously it's going to be very different. And, um, yeah, I definitely am putting my own spin on it just naturally. Awesome. And you mentioned you mentioned that it has a whole larger, more emotional arc. What in your mind, where do you, where does she you know take me from point A to point B in the arc? Where does she? What is Lydia at the start of the show, and where does she come to by the end? At the start of the show, Lydia, you know, she's she's hurting, she's in pain, she's ignoring, um, she's trying to face things, but is really struggling with that, um, and she's um, she's really struggling, and she's isolated, and by the end, she. She, her connections with her family become stronger. She becomes, in my opinion, at peace with her, with the death of her mother. And at the beginning, she really isn't. And she's grieving really hard and doesn't know how to handle those emotions. And nobody's there for her. And by the end, she, she has a group of people who she feels safe with. And she, and she becomes at peace with herself and with um, death, basically. Well, with it being a world premiere musical, uh, unlike other shows we come to, we don't know the numbers yet. You know, we're going to come in and it's going to be great. So give us, uh, you know, without, you can't really spoil, but, you know, without giving too much away, but give us a little taste. Uh, Is there there a certain number that you get to do that that we're going to love when we show up to the show? Well, every number. So, yeah. (laughs) Every number. Such a cop out, Lydia. Just to to say, every number. No, but there, I would, I will say this, is that, that this show. Uh, was written by the wonderful Eddie Perfect, who, again, when it comes to boundaries, he doesn't have them, yeah. and neither did a lot of the writers. So they, they found a good collaboration here. As far as the music goes, there are like 17 different styles of music in this show because it is such a uh, rapid, channel-changing pace. Yeah. And 
He does most of those. Right. I have a more punk rock feel. A little more punk rock feel here. I could get that vibe. A little, and she's fabulous at it. And then, you know, there is that sort of expected, there's a couple of musical theater, contemporary musical theater songs, but it, it's constantly surprising. The second you feel comfortable, right. we go, go in another direction, which is, <laughs> I think, great. Um, not to get too complacent in a show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, what I've said, without giving too much away, what I've said about the music is that we don't, we're not going to leave the purists without the things they want to hear or see. Yeah. But we have, again, that's it's a 95% divorce. <laughs> 5%, the stuff, the really good 5% from the movie yeah. that you hope is in there, sure. it's in there. Trust me. Right. But there's a 95% other thing we got going on that we've made that I also think you're going to love. Can't wait to see the 95%. And before we go, um, just sort of, they gave me the go home sign. Yeah. But just in closing, um, I think this is a bit of a, you have some DC history. Didn't you dance at the Kennedy Center like when you Did were you really ever? young? What age was this? I was uh, 12, 13, maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was. I think I was going on 13. I was pretty young. I did. Um, I did a little dancer at the Kennedy Center with Susan Stroman, and it was it was a joy. I loved doing it. I loved being in DC, and um, um, yeah. So yeah, I love I love being here, and it's interesting being back in town, but in a different part. And uh, yeah, being back on stage. It's been a while. <laughs> well, you guys. Uh, stageographies you know, reputation precedes itself I mean we, Sound of Music and um, Patty Duke come on the original Helen Keller directing you as Helen yeah. Keller that's awesome yeah. and then a view sir you know School of Rock you know, Wicked I mean it's that's it. it's so awesome that we get to, so thank you for bringing this to us Please. can we can we end with uh, by saying the, the three B words we're not supposed to say sure you want to say you want to say the first one and I'll and... yeah right yeah Beetlejuice 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 the musical the musical. The musical. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say you're not allowed to say right, musical. Right, right. Thanks so much, guys. Hey, dude. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.